Today's Thursday, April 6th. The title for our devotional is Self-Righteousness. In the first century church, one of the primary a la carte items people wanted to hold on to after coming to faith in Jesus was their self-righteous adherence to the law of Moses. If salvation is truly by grace through faith in Jesus, what becomes of all my acts of obedience to the law? This wasn't a far-fetched question either. Obedience to the law of Moses was the way to worship God before Jesus, although Paul argues throughout the book of Romans that it was always by faith that one was made righteous. The law was good, though. It was our guardian until Christ, Paul says in Galatians 3.24. But now that Christ is here, an even greater revelation of God and his plan of salvation has arrived. This way to salvation is by God's grace through faith. So for this first generation, especially the the transition between Judaism and Christianity, was stark and difficult to manage. Many who were formerly in the Jewish tradition wanted to hold on to the law and their self-righteousness a la carte, but also have Jesus and grace. This wouldn't do. Paul even opposes Peter publicly about this when Peter ceased to eat with the Gentiles when certain people came from James, likely from Jerusalem, that is, who belonged to the circumcision group. He says that Peter was not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. He knows that they are justified by faith, Peter that is, not by obedience to the law. Yet he was acting as if one was justified by the works of the law by ceasing to eat with the Gentiles and only eating with the circumcision party. At the end of describing these events to the Galatian church, Paul writes his famous words in Galatians 2, 19-21. This is the context. That's the context that these verses are found in. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have become crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's what we looked at last week. The life I now live in the body, he goes on, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. In the first part of Paul's story, which we read yesterday, His primary point is that although he has every reason to boast in his self-righteousness according to the law, he considers them garbage compared to knowing Christ. Let's read that again. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write these things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. So apparently he has had to say this multiple times to the church in Philippi because that tractor beam towards self-righteousness is so strong. Watch out for those dogs those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. So again, what Paul's talking about here is the Judaizers who were trying to convince the new church that they needed to follow all the law of Moses, indicative of them receiving circumcision. Paul goes on, Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I might gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection 
and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. In a time when many former Jews were trying to cling a la carte to the law and self-righteousness, Paul, who has more reason to boast than most, (laughs) wow, (laughs) refuses to because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is another all-encompassing phrase. Knowing someone not only implies knowledge about the person, but experiential relationship with the person, as we see in verse 10. Paul wants to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering. He means that he wants to experience those things as well, which he was, being that he wrote this letter from prison. Self-righteousness today is still an a la carte item that we try to order with our Christianity, especially for those who grew up in the faith. I include myself in this category. We may feel like we sacrifice so much to live a righteous life when our perspective was much more moralistic, while others went out and had fun. Does all that count for nothing now? Am I saved by grace through faith the same as the dude who lived a sinful lifestyle and accepted Christ in the 11th hour before his death? Yep. It was for naught, if that was our perspective, that we were earning God's favor somehow by being good. It wasn't for naught if we lived in righteousness to better know Christ, to experience the power of the Spirit, and to live in light of the great gift that God has given us. We often do this by adding rules to the list of rules that the New Testament doesn't make mandates of, things like drinking, smoking, etc. We try to see the world in black and white when, in many cases, it just isn't so. In N.T. Wright's book, Following Jesus, Biblical Reflections on Discipleship, he notes that temptation always takes as its starting point something which is in itself good. He writes, The temptation which feels as though it appeals to the real you, in quotes, to your deepest instincts and longings, is in fact starting from something which is good, and suggesting that you elevate that out of its proper and God-given context into a different setting, where it will give you a thrill, rather than the God-designed satisfaction a shot in the arm, rather than sustenance for the long journey. Previously, he said it would be bizarre if following Jesus, who made more wine for a wedding, meant automatically renouncing alcohol and sex. When we live in this dualistic nature of self-righteousness, this is how we view the world. We struggle to live with nuance and enjoy the good things that God has made in the proper context. For example, things like alcohol and moderation and sex within marriage. For additional content, I've linked you to that book that I quoted from N.T. Wright called Following Jesus, Biblical Reflections on Discipleship. Reflection time today. Is there any part of you that wants to cling to self-righteousness because you've been a pretty good person? Comparatively, of course. How have you experienced evil and temptation as a distortion of the good things that God has created for us to enjoy? And finally, commit with Paul to viewing all of your self-righteousness as garbage compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, your Lord. Read the words of Paul in verses 7 through 11 as if they were your own.